Salt Lake City. Hey, Jake, how are you? Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. Salt Lake Jake. I'm gonna fight them all. Salt Lake Jake. The nation army couldn't hold me back. Salt Lake Jake. Welcome to Salt Lake Jake's Take. I am Salt Lake Jake. I've got my guys Pete and Brennan here. How are you, fellas? Merry Christmas, Jake. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Y'all ready? You got everything, Eddie, everything in the ready to drop in the stockings? You got your wife's gifts and everything? I bought a lot of future garbage. Yes, it's it's, it's going to be great. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, that's the best way to describe it, man. I look around my, around my house. I just want to wrap up all the old presents and give it to them as new presents. Yeah, seriously. I had a friend one time. This is getting off a tangent, but... He would when he'd go to McDonald's to get his kids Happy Meals. They never got a toy in the Happy Meal, <laughs> but on Christmas morning they had about twenty five Christmas toys in their stocking from McDonald's. So, oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. All right, fellas. Well, guess what? It is two days, three days away. Is it two days? What's today? Thursday, right? Thursday. Thursday. The game day is in two days. Two days. The bowl game's in two days. The last game of the season to wrap up this up and down roller coaster year of a of a season, but this week was a big week as far as the future Utes and the roster is concerned. It was signing day. Um, a lot has happened since our last podcast. A lot of players uh, that we thought maybe would be back have entered the portal. We've added a few, so let's just talk about a couple of those. So I guess really a lot of people like this out there like to say, "Oh, the Utes are having a big exodus from their roster." The fact is. We've had a lot of dudes enter the portal, but most of them have been like, who? You know, third and fourth string yeah. guys that never even saw a snap. There, there's one guy, in my opinion, that entered the portal that is a big loss, and that's Mikey Matthews. He was a freshman receiver that played a lot, got a ton of ton of touches this year, uh, was on the field a ton, had a ton of potential. For some reason, he entered the portal. We don't know where he's ending up, where he's going. I saw that he's visited Arizona. He's planning on or has visited Boise, so who knows where he ends up. I don't know if there's a chance he can come back. I hope so because I liked him, but that's a, the really the only one that stings. Um, there were rumors floating around for a while that Jaquindon Jackson was going to enter the portal, uh, but that's since been either walked back by some or said it's still going to happen, so we don't know. Witt did say in his press conference for the, uh, the bowl game that there's going to be a few more people to enter the portal, so JJ could be one of those. We don't know. Um, so I'm not even going to speculate on him entering. Uh, it, we can do that later. So let's just assume he doesn't, but we've gotten four guys transferred to us, uh, in the last couple weeks. One of them is a big tight end from UCLA, Carson Ryan. He's a local kid out of Orem. Uh, yeah. he had three touchdown catches this year for UCLA played, played some big minutes, has a ton of potential. Um, he looks a lot like, in my opinion, kind of like a Cole fathering ham type of build a little bit bigger, um, but still has decent hands. So he committed to Utah. He was a hot sought after prospect. I know there was Washington was wanting him. I know a lot of fans from Penn State were hoping they'd go after him, but that was a big win. Was Carson Ryan? Another guy we got uh, out of the portal is a cornerback from Georgia Tech, Keenan Johnson. He was a starter at Georgia Tech. He actually was rated their best defender by PFF Pro Football Focus. If you look at look at the numbers there. He was the best defender for Georgia Tech. Uh, he had a ton of P5 offers once he entered the portal. A lot of Big 12 schools, uh, but he chose Utah. So that's exciting because we lose through the portal to Travis Broughton. And uh, Pete, it, who else um, Who Miles else did we Miles, lose in that position? 
in the corners. Uh, Battles senior. Yeah, so Battles a senior. He's gone. Did Travis Broughton enter the uh, entered the portal? So we've got we've got to kind of rebuild there. Zamaya Vaughn's likely coming back from what we've heard. So this guy Keenan Johnson is is a good piece. He'll probably be a day one starter, take over for Battle. So the way right now the roster is constructed. You know, barring any other transfers in or out, I I would think the starting quarters next year would be Keenan Johnson at one, Zamaya Vaughn the other, and then the 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 nickelback will be either Teo Johnson or Smith Snowden. So uh got a decent decent set of corners there. But yeah, Keenan Johnson was a big pickup. So those are our two bigger pickups. And then we got two other guys, a running back from Idaho named uh Ashton Woods, I believe. I think that's the name off the top of my head. He had some big games for Idaho. It's a FCS school, but I know that he was he was visiting. He visited Washington when he entered the portal, so I know they were looking at him. Arkansas reportedly offered him a, uh, um, uh, you know, scholarship. A, a scholarship, do, yeah. Do think, so, do you think that that's tied to the JJ thing? Maybe that was my question. Yeah, did we go out and get him because we thought we might lose JJ? He looks kind of similar, right? Yeah, well, looking at looking at the timeline, he actually announced on Twitter that he had an offer from Utah before the JJ news kind of leaked. I think this is kind of a backup plan or just another piece of the puzzle. You know, uh, we got Bernard coming back next year. Jalen Glover's coming back. So we, we're going to have a good stable of backs regardless of JJ leaves. But this guy, he 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 had some big games. He had a five touchdown game. He had uh, he had some big moments. So I, I think he looks he looks good. He looks the part. He was wanted by several P five programs. So he looks good. And then lastly, uh, our farm team sent up another guy uh, from Provo, John Henry Daly, uh, a defensive end that didn't get much time. But when he when he went there, their fans really really liked him. Hans Olsen really really likes this guy. Um, so he'll be a nice piece. You know, we we he won't he's not going to come in and he doesn't have to compete for starter minutes. You know, um, we've got. Logan Fano back next year, who's going to be big time. We've got Connor O'Toole back next year. Van Fillinger probably back next year. And then Jonah Ellis is still kind of up in the air. I've heard reports one way or another. I mean, he was oh. he was a consensus All-American. Um, but I've heard that he just may not be healthy enough for the for pro day, right? So he's gonna he's gonna come back, which which should benefit us because he was the nation's P5 sack leader. So this the guy from our farm team, John Henry Daly, he's not going to be needed to be relied on and maybe something where you can kind of develop him into into a player that can eventually contribute so those are the four so far i expect according to some of the the twitter quote-unquote insiders as well as some of the statements wit made i expect another maybe four or five portal guys um i expect another wide receiver or two uh definitely we need a wide receiver with with what what you know what's entered the portal replace mikey matthews i expect maybe another offensive lineman and you never know they could get uh, a veteran backup quarterback to to come and compete for the backup job. I know there's not going to be a lot of people dying to come in to compete as a backup, but you know we do need another body there. So um, anyway, those those are kind of the portal entrance so far. Pete, what do you think? Well, no, I, I think I I mean I don't know what to think honestly because there's so much going on and that's it's 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 never been like this where you can track it in real time. You get everyone's opinion on Twitter and then. Really, the 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 state of the of the sport itself, college football, is so fluid with transferring and nil money and all these things. Um, I would like to know a little bit more about the signing guys too. Do, I mean, what what can you tell us? Well, we've got a smaller class, okay. So when you look at the class ratings, it's a little bit on the lower end, not what we're used to. I mean, last year we had a top twenty five class, and for the last five or six years we've been in the thirties. This year we're in the fifties, but that's by 
Um, not based on the not not the fact that we are getting good dudes, because if you look at the average recruit rating, it's right in line with where we've been the last several years. The fact is we only signed 12 or 13, or maybe it was, was it 14 15. guys actually? 15, I think. 15 guys. We only signed 15 guys, and there's classes like Arizona State that have signed 32 guys. BYU signed 24 guys. So when what, you look at the ratings, the, yep. What's the thought there? Like, like what, what do college programs want to do? It, is it is it better to build through the portal or or high school? Like what what's the what's the philosophy? I think it depends on each program. I think Utah, for example, where we thrive on developing guys that are under the radar and developing them. But the problem is now with the portal, they could that you know it's in, in NIL. It's so easy to poach guys out of the portal in NIL that I think Witt has said he wants to have a, a nice mesh. You look at Colorado; they brought in tons of transfer portal guys last year. You look at places like Clemson, Ohio State, they don't have to rely on that. So I think it really depends. I think preferably is to still get decent, good high school players and then plug your holes with the portal, right? Um, so yeah, it depends on it depends on your philosophy, but I think that's how Utah's going to do it. And that's kind of what we've done so far. We, we needed another tight end. We needed a, uh, another corner. We got him through the portal. Um, high school guys, we, we actually have a lot of people are, it's funny because people are like, oh, BYU is doing so well. The fact is BYU has eight guys more in their class. That excuse the numbers. If you look at simply an average recruit ranking, we're right there like second or third in the big 12, like behind UCF. Right. So mm-hmm. it's not, it's not like, it's not like we're, we're, we're screwing the portal. It's like for a perfect example, BYU went out to dinner and they got 22 Big Macs. We went out to dinner, and got 15 Ruth's Chris steaks, right? <laughs> and, and so people are like, oh, okay, fine. Enjoy your freaking mid-level Big Macs. We've got we've got the freaking steak there from Ruth's Chris, right? Um, yeah. so it really is depending on how you look at it. I I personally I think quantity or quality matters over quantity in this situation. Um in state, we got the best in state players. We have the number one uh, in state player, Isaac uh, Garcia, lineman from Corner Canyon. The number two in state player is has signed yet from a kid from Bountiful, Satuala, but he's he's trending towards Utah. It seems the third best player in the state, Isaac Wilson, the best quarterback, come came to you know chose Utah. Uh, we got dude Cash Dillon from Corner Canyon. So. Of the top seven in-state players, I think five of them chose Utah. So we've got, like I said, man, quality over quantity. You can brag about your twenty-two Big Macs all you want, but we we got we got the dudes, and so uh, I'm pretty. I'm overall, I'm pretty pleased with it. What do you guys think? Any thoughts? Go ahead, Brandon. I mean, I I, I think I was really impressed with who we got, especially with the in-state kids. I mean, there was a time when Utah was ignoring the in-state recruits, and I thought that was a mistake. I think a lot of people thought it was a mistake. So it's nice to see them focus that corner Canyon program is just putting out studs left and right. So I love that we're, that we got some really good guys from there. And what's nice too, is through the portals, we get this um, AF kid back, you know, someone who had left the state and now he's coming back. I think his tweet was coming home. Yep. And when he decides to come home, he comes to the university of Utah as his program of choice. So I love to see that. The flagship. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what to make of like, I, I'm still an old school fan that like when I see my eyes roll over when they tell me three star, four star for these kids, because I, I I just I don't I don't know if I want to invest the energy in these kids just yet as a as a as a yeah. fan. You got to uh, take that with a great assault for a couple reasons. One, now with the transfer portal, nothing's forever anyway. Yeah. Like it's almost like every year you're going to maybe be rebuilding your entire roster. So, you know, it's lost a lot of its luster. 
power rating is so subjective. Granted, you know, the bigger schools get the big the big time dudes, which is understandable. Um, and so you need you need more, but you know, you're splitting hairs in my opinion. You're like, oh, low four star or high three star. I think a bigger metric to look and judge by is who else wanted this guy, right? If you're a low four star and your offers are to BYU, Florida Atlantic, and Sam Houston State, big freaking deal. Do you look at you look at someone like Isaac Wilson? He, I mean, Georgia was coming after him the last day. He's got offers from Alabama, USC. Uh, same thing with Isaac Garcia. Like, I think what what's a better metric is who else wanted these dudes, right? And we got yeah. a lot of guys that were wanted by some high level programs. Even even a guy that committed early, his name is Hunter Andrews, a running back slash linebacker from Texas looks a lot kind of like Brent Keithy towards the end. Texas was trying to get him really, really hard uh, going after him pretty hard. So we got guys that were wanted by some of these bigger name programs, a wide receiver out of California, Zacharias Williams, I believe his name is USC tried really hard to flip him and he stuck with Utah. So my opinion, yeah, star rating is important. It correlates. You know, if you have a bunch of five stars, you're naturally going to be better. But when you get to the three star level, it's split in hairs. And it's like I said, who more bigger, a bigger, uh, indicator to me is who else wanted that. Yeah. So it seems like we're losing the regionality. Like I'm wondering if the regionality of where we're recruiting has changed from um, the California footprint, the Pac-12 footprint to the Big 12. Like, are we now in Texas and Florida and other places? Yeah. Someone asked with that specific question once the the Big 12 was announced, and he said he would shift more resources to Texas. I mean, dude, we get we get we've gotten dudes from Texas, man. I mean. Jaquin and Jackson from Texas. Ty Jordan was from Texas. Brian Johnson was from Texas. Uh, you know, we get dudes from Texas. So I, I, I think I think the fact that we'll be playing more of our games over there, yeah, you naturally have to kind of focus on Texas. And they got they got good football down there, so I'm not I'm not worried. I think the thing that sucks is when you talk about losing the regionality of it, like just like I don't know, man. Going to LA for games was fun. Going to yeah. Going to the Bay Area and to the Pacific Northwest, I'm going to miss that big time. Not just because those teams are bigger brands, but just the locations are better. It's easier to get to. A $200 flight to Long Beach, you know, versus now if you're going to Stillwater, you got to fly to Oklahoma City and drive yeah. for three and a half hours or whatever, yeah. you know? Yep. Okay, so finish this quote. We'll wrap up this conversation with the fill in the blank. The future is blank. The future is... I don't want to be super optimistic guy. Cause I don't know how this is going to affect us with the big 12. The future is. Oh, that's a good question. Let's see if I were to do one word, I'd say the future is promising because we've still got dudes. I mean, next year we're going to be great with Cam rising back. We got, we got good classes the last three years. I worry a little bit about the big 12s taking a backseat to the other leagues just because it's it's to the point now where it's like SEC, Big Ten, that's it. You know, whereas when you're in the Pac-12, we could say, hey, it's a Power Five league. It's on par with anybody else, right? Yeah. But now it's pretty freaking blatantly obvious. It's those two leagues and everybody else. So I worry a little bit how that's going to affect our recruiting and and future um, future uh, of the football program. Because I mean, let's be honest. There's not any big time blue blood programs in this league now. Like there are none. The biggest names. Be- can we What's be up? Oklahoma? Can our program turn into Oklahoma? I think it. I don't know if it can get that level, like playoffs every year, but I think it can run that league. Yeah, I think it can. I mean, you really you're looking at Kansas State, Oklahoma State, uh, Baylor, Utah. You know, I don't know. It's it's. Yeah, it's, I mean, I think that's. Unfortunately, 
unfortunately it's the, step, the best right? of the rest that's that's our next step is to be like Oklahoma, right? I mean, is there a baby step in between there? Is there a program above ours that's below well, Oklahoma? I think I think perennial playoffs and 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 making and doing runs, like I don't know how many how, how it lays out, but at least winning a game or two in the in the playoffs. Yeah, we gotta make the playoffs first. I mean, I, I, I Oklahoma's a, a blue blood, man. They've been yeah. tons of playoffs. So I, I would say maybe the next step is something like um Wisconsin. Who would, who would say? I don't know. Wisconsin's a good one. Yeah. I mean, well, they, I don't know. They didn't never won the big 10 really. Yeah. I don't know. I, I, we do need it. We do need now with the expanded playoff to be playoff, uh, attended, you know, make the playoffs multiple times the next five years. And to be clear, I'm not saying we're Oklahoma. I'm saying we're from a, a, a similar size market. There's money here in this market. There's, there's, there's appetite. There's aspiration to have a good football program. You know, they, they made it happen in, in the, the middle of nowhere, Oklahoma. And, and you know, I, I'm just wondering if we have that same um, trajectory. I think we can. But you know what? I also think I think Oklahoma's in trouble, bros. They, they're, in my opinion, Oklahoma's the next Nebraska, a former glory blue blood program. But now they're going to the SEC where not only it was it was Texas and Oklahoma in the Big 12. Now it's Texas, Alabama, LSU, Florida, Georgia, you know, Tennessee, like I think the days of, of Oklahoma being a perennial playoff, I think they're done. I think they're trending more towards becoming Nebraska. Nebraska in the 80s and 90s was the powerhouse in the country, and now they've been nothing for 15 years because the, the everything's kind of shifted, and there's nothing Nebraska can offer that nobody else can, right? Before, Nebraska was kind of the crown jewel. So I think, I think Oklahoma's trending that way. I could be wrong, obviously, but that's my thought. Be careful what you wish for. Okay, Jake, let's, let's talk about this weekend. We got a game. This is our sixth Las Vegas Bowl. Do you remember the last time we played in the Vegas Bowl? Who did we play, and, and how did it end up? Uh, we played that mid-major from Provo, and it was like 500 to zero after two minutes. No, it was legit <laughs> crazy. I remember uh, um, Dominique Hadfield had a pick six to go up 28 nothing with eight minutes left in the first freaking quarter. It was amazing. Unfortunately, we kind of took our foot off the gas and let them crawl back into it. But really, it only took us one quarter to beat those idiots. That was the famous. That's the famous. Uh, hey, if we only had one more quarter, we would have won bowl, right? <laughs> the five quarter <laughs> bowl game. <laughs> yeah, if we would have had a five quarters, we would have had five quarters in a game of only four quarters. We would have won. Um, okay, but okay, so we're playing obviously Northwestern. They started out the season pretty rocky. Uh, they they obviously had a hazing scandal with their coach. He got fired. They got a the the interim coach is rehired they finished out the season strong what what do you guys expect jake what do you expect going into this game from northwestern you know, i i think northwestern they're you know they're they're um they're kind of middle of the big 10 right like you said they won seven games but they're all kind of a blue collary type of guys you know they're they're a really smart school so they get good good student athletes there that are kind of like the stanfordy try hard type of guys you know um, they don't have big stats that pop out at you. Their quarterback has very similar stats to Bryson Barnes, which isn't great. Fifteen hundred yards, about half as many interceptions as touchdowns, which is not only eleven touchdowns. Um, their running back has similar stats to Jaquin and Jackson. They just don't have a big offense, so I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be something with the portal entries we have and with who's playing. I think it's going to be something that sets offenses back ten years. Um, <laughs> I don't expect a high scoring shootout. I expect something like 17-13, like not not a great game. 
And you know what? At this point, I actually don't even care. I was talking to somebody 10 years ago, even bowl games mattered more than they do now. They're now they're nothing. The college football's postseason is so broken because they do the postseason, the offseason at the same time. As soon as the regular season ends, people are bouncing and leaving. So you have guys that are probably playing in the game that aren't going to be here next year. You know, you have guys that are playing that have already announced they're entering the transfer portal, like J- J- Travis Broughton and Bryson Barnes. I mean, our quarterback, I don't know. It's just like a glorified spring game now, you know? But So I'm do, not putting any stock but, in it. But strangely, they do matter because of next year's rankings. They matter because of conference matchups. Like, yep. it's strange. You're right. I mean, the, the, the perception is, ah, who cares? But the reality is, like, where we end up next year in the preseason ranking may may have something to do with Saturday's yep. game. And so just it's it's just another example of how college football is broken. Like people are putting weight in these games. If Utah wins, we'll finish nine and four and ranked, right? If we don't win, we'll finish eight and five unranked and not as much momentum. So yeah, it does affect next year. But truthfully, who you don't even know we don't even know how it's gonna go because we don't know the motivation levels. We don't know who's gonna be there, who's not. Lots of guys have opted out. It's a joke that you can the transfer portal and coaches leave before this, before the season ends. So I don't know. I, I expect kind of, like I said, a low scoring odd game, 17, 13 Utah. Will we see uh Rose play? He is available. Witt said he's available to play without it affecting his red shirt, which is interesting. I don't know how it works. I don't know if we see him. I don't know. I don't know. We're going to see, I would Mekhi like Bernard, to see him though. Right. What's that? Yeah. We'll see potentially with Bernard, but it depends on how, how risky he wants to be with his broken face. But, um, <laughs> I mean, I, I personally would like to just play Rose the whole game. Let's see what we got in the kid. You yeah. know, give him some live reps against another P5 team and let's go. But I don't that think that's going to That was my follow-up. It's like if you're going to play him, play him. Uh, yeah. Unless unless you feel some obligation to to Bryson Barnes. Um, this is our we've, – we've lost four bowl games in a row. Wit's calling card used to be Mr. I don't lose bowl games. But the last four have been L's, including one of them, Northwestern. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's interesting how it changed. I mean, two of them are against top ten teams, so you know in the Rose Bowl, those are coin flips. Ohio State and Penn State, and we ended the game without our quarterback there. So, who left the game when they were tied? So you can't even count those. The one against Texas in the Alamo Bowl, it was one of those classic letdown moments. We were fifth in the in the in the rankings. We win that Pac-12 title game against Oregon. We're in the playoffs, so we lost that game. Nobody wanted to be there. Jalen Johnson opted out. You could tell that it doesn't matter who they would have played. We would have lost. And then the Northwestern game, another similar thing. You know, we lost to Washington. Um, it wasn't as big a letdown because we weren't in a playoff position, but we also had our backup quarterback, Jason Shelley. He started because Tyler Huntley was out. So all these games against good teams with that, when you don't have your quarterback and here's another example, we're not gonna have our quarterback. So who knows? Like it used to matter a lot. People used to brag about his bowl win streak, but I don't even care. I mean, I do care, but I don't care. We lose, we lose. It doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a, re- a referendum on the Utah football program if we lose. What else? Any other notes for the game? I know we have won in Allegiant two times in a row. So technically in our postseason, we're, we're, we're two and four. So yep. I don't think there's going to be a big crowd there. It's, it's, it's an odd game time. It's Saturday night, the 23rd. So if you, that's not very tenable. So um, we do yeah, have, I mean, you like you said, the, the quote unquote home field advantage being there the last two years. But uh, I don't expect a big crowd, so I expect just kind of a, a a stinker of an end to this season. You know, whether we win or lose, it'll just feel kind of unsatisfying based on what the preseason hype was. But we got next year to look forward to. So well, anyway, we hope everyone has a Merry Christmas. Shout out! I got one more thing. Shout out! Shout out to the fans who are going. More man and the guys 
flying down and flying back home the same day. I will say, um, I want to, I just want to know real quick before we go, give me some, give me your predictions on the, on the playoff playoff. What I want to happen or versus what will happen, what I want to happen I want Washington to win it all. But what I think is going to happen, I think Texas is going to beat Washington. I think Alabama is going to beat Michigan. And I think Alabama is going to beat Texas in the, in the championship game. It's going to be another freaking Alabama national title. That's what's going to happen. Want, want. Yep. <laughs> but hey, Merry Christmas, everybody. A couple shout outs to my guy, Eric Short. He's been asking for a shout out. Shout out to my guy, Bones Johnson. He's been asking for a shout out. Any Christmas shout outs you guys want to give? Moss, man. Dude, a shout out to uh, all of our listeners, Woodthread. Those yeah, guys Woodthread, ask us every week. Merry Christmas. They ask us every week when this thing's going to drop, if we don't drop it right away. So uh, shout out it. to them. And uh, Merry Christmas, everyone. Brentwood. Merry all right. Christmas. Thanks for joining us. I am Salt Lake Jake, and I am out. Christmas. The snow's coming down. Christmas.